Hello and welcome to DTT History on the London Underground. Uh, are we actually on the London Underground? We are literally not on the London Underground. Uh, so we're at home. We're at home. And the subject is the London Underground. Yes. I, I get this now. We're speaking about it. Speaking about the London Underground. <coughs> Have you been on the London Underground again? I have many times been underground on the London. <laughs> well, well, then you appreciate then. Uh, like today, a hundred and fifty years ago, there were there were transport problems, traffic. So they came up with a solution: get rid of traffic. No, the London Underground. Did that get rid of traffic? No, not really. Huh. Wasn't much of a solution then, was it? We begin in in Roman times as a small section of Roman city wall still survives in walls of Tower Hill Station. That's economising for you. I just, have just not use heard Roman, of... Just use Roman walls. Well, why not your shit that's already there? It, that, that's, that's your motto, isn't it? It's almost my motto. Always steal good ideas where appropriate. First steam trains were in 1825. That's the year, not the time. Good. And uh, 25 years later, King's Cross Terminus uh, was for trains arriving in London. So any trains arriving in London stopped at King's Cross Terminus and then people uh, got traveled, off. Yeah, travelled from there into the city. <laughs> got off, as you were, as you did speak. It, it would be pretty pointless to stay on then. It would be. Unless well, you wanted sure to you, go about. Unless they fell asleep and then live in Swinton. Who would do that? Hey! It was not permitted for further expansion into the city. Um, gridlock as travellers tried to get in. That's not Dr. Herbert's old gridlock, just in case you thought it was. What, not the onboard uh, epistory. Gridlock? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, not the onboard epistory that you get on planes like and things like that. No. The city was so dense and crowded. So Charles Pearson, his vision mm. was of the underground. He was a lawyer for the City of London, and he thought, you know what, we should have things underground. Moment. Moment. Possibly. He, he campaigned for the removal of an inscription on the monument blaming the Great Fire of London on Catholics and the overturning of the ban on Jews becoming brokers in the City of London. Possibly the same for Moment. We don't know. He, he, he certainly liked his religions. Then. He did. But Moment still cannot become brokers in the City of London. That's such your fucking equality for you, yeah. There is no equality. Unless unless the women happen to be Jews or Catholics. What if they're female Catholic Jews? Then they have decisions to make. So I don't see any female equality. No. Not for more men. More women, perhaps. Ah. Uh, doom and destruction was predicted with the underground. The Times, the newspaper, ran a campaign against it. And they spoke of passages... Inhabited by rats, soaked with sewer drippings, and poisoned by the escape from gas mains through the foul subsoil of London. So they've been down there then? Yeah. They didn't get to work for the tourist board. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Although they did get to work for the Northern Ireland Tourist Board. In 1860, they built a trench 20 feet wide and bricked it over. And that was the start of the London Underground. Uh, and there was only a few feet below the road. It caused havoc to businesses and houses, and fake houses were built to fill the gap where the trench was built in the street. So today, mm. there are just like facades of houses, and there's not actually houses there. So they've got windows and shit, but 
there's no one actually in there. It's just like a cool. pretend house. Cool. I didn't know that. Although I'm sure someone's tried to buy the house. I want to buy it. <laughs> you want to buy a pretend house? Yeah. Are they metropolitan line? I'll hold pretend parties though. Oh yeah. Because nobody's going to come in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm sure I've got the world's smallest violin here. No, no, just a pretend one. <laughs> the Metropolitan Line opened in 9th of January 1863, almost 100 years before Doctor Who started. And it's 150 years old this year. Really? I didn't think it was that old. Uh, it connected the three terminuses with the centre at Farringdon. The line was meant to be run on compressed air, but this didn't work. So they didn't do that. <laughs> and they had to borrow steam engines. It's now a tourist attraction, unlike the Times. Is it really a tourist attraction? It is a tourist attraction. I can reveal that exclusively. Not really. But it is a tourist attraction. Three classes of passengers, the four there were. First was the was like city people who worked in the city. The second was middle-level management. And third class was uncomfortable and on wooden boards. And that cost three, four, and six pence consecutively. Alas, I don't know of any stories of Titanic-style love between classes. So, did it cost three for the first class, four for the second, and sixpence to sit on a wooden board? It did indeed. It cost more to sit on a wooden board. It cost six, four, and three pence consecutively. Right. <laughs> Alas, I don't know of any stories of Titanic-style love between the classes. And it's now £4.50, by the way, for any class. Because there is only one class in our amazing new world that we live in. 1874, the second underground along the Thames by a different company, this was built. And this led to the circle line that linked the two together. Hmm. Full circle. Not the Doctor Who episode. Was that a good one? Full circle? Hmm. Tom Baker? So, yes. Although it was the last series. Romano, was it? So, yes. In 1884, there were over 800 trains running around all or part of the inner circle every day. When the circle line opened in 1884, the experience of riding it was described in Times, it's them again, as a form of mild torture, mm. unlike the newspaper, which was a severe form. Uh, that, that's what you call comedy. Oh, this is what you call comedy? Also, like the Times. End of the 19th century, pollution conditions with the steam trains, so obviously they didn't like that. Electric traction, uh, they tried that so that the underground could expand. Uh, it involved though, digging deeper underground. There's too much panic in this town. I've heard that before. That's the drummer of my uh, lyrics, by the way. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed you realise that. <laughs> Let's fast forward to 1890, and it was the first electric underground railroad in the world. Railroad. Railroad in the road. (laughs) There was little comfort, (coughs) and not many hours, and they were dubbed sardine box railways, but better than salamander's lifts. (laughs) Just a bit. In uh, the turn of the century in 1900, Central London Railway was opened by Prince of Wales. Uh, and it was the central line. Three of the mm-hmm. lines were running into financial difficulty. So Charles Yerkes, Yerkes mm-hmm. arrived in London from the US with his wife and his mistresses. He, he left the US due to possible jail due to misappropriation of government funds. And I should get a fucking badge for saying misappropriation. I'll give you one. 
I'll give you a drunken time show about you. Yeah. He, he left, uh, he wrote US money and US technology, uh, experience of the mass transit system in Chicago, which we may have been on at some point. I don't know if we have them. I'm sure we must have been. We've been on the mass transit system in Chicago. In Chi-Town. Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We're awesome. When we went to uh, that pyramid thing, the pyramid boom. Oh yeah, no, that no, was that Seattle, was, was Seattle, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry, Shy Town. Yeah, that was when we went that. to the museum and the melting ice cream. Yes, the melty ice cream. Uh, we must have been on it then. Did we? We must have been. I don't think we did. Actually, I don't remember though. No, I don't think we did. Oh, and we can exclusively reveal we've not been on the mass <laughs> transit system in Chicago. Uh, we we had a walk and fail to get a McDonald's breakfast once. Oh yeah, no, we did get it though. I think you got it. Didn't you? I didn't get one. No, you got one. Did I get one? Definitely got one. Did we both? Because I mocked you about it for years oh, yes, afterwards. We did, yeah. Because there was nothing else. No, I don't think we uh, partaked in any sort of public transport. No. Oh well. Uh, he this this Charles Yerkes guy. He became chairman of the newly founded uh, London Underground Company. Uh, and the lines opened in 1906, although he died in New York before this. And, the, and there's a crater on the moon called Crater Yerkes after him. Because he gave money to the University of Chicago, who installed a giant telescope. I thought I'd seen his name around somewhere before. See? Science guy. And in 1908, it was called the Underground, and then, you know, the circle with the bar across it. Mm-hmm. That's the logo, and that became the corporate logo then. London stopped being a place where people worked to become a place where people entertained. And there was theatre and shopping. And the Central London Railway released a ladies-only Christmas shopping ticket as a special promotion in 1912. Wonder was it pink? No. Bet was. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. Are you ready for war, Gov? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, bet no. it, because it's World War One. Uh, there were police reports of German bomb raids on London in 1917 and estimated that 300,000 people were taking shelter in tube stations uh, and women made up uh, at the same time staff shortages due to the war in, in the London Underground. 1931, Harry Beck produced the diagrammatic map. I assume that's the the, the famous underground map. The famous map. underground map, yes. Yeah. It was designed as an electric circuit uh, the underground didn't want to use it as it was not geographically correct. Doesn't top Apple's map up. <laughs> it was eventually published in 1933 and it was clear and simple to use and people liked it. And recently mm-hmm. it came second in a competition to find the public's favourite design of the 20th century. Who came first? It was Concord Gap. Really? That's why I put it in brackets there. Because I wrote that and thought, you know what? I'm just going to ask what came first. So I'm going to put that brackets so I remember. No, I read that and I saw it's put something in brackets there. Why does it put... I presume he wants me to ask. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's a self-perpetuating circle. <laughs> if I hadn't put that in brackets, would you have asked what was first? No. Sure I don't think I would have. You do know anything like that. <laughs> But no time for that. Yeah, I usually do. I just didn't. Karen. <laughs> no time for that, though. It's World War Two. Uh-uh. 1940. War. Blitz on London. Can you imagine it? The tubes actually housed thousands of people every night. You know, whenever there was the air raids on. Was it the same thousands or the rotating guest list? 
It was, it was the same thousands as World War One, but they were slightly older. Uh, they were originally banned from being in the tunnels, uh, and many people got around the tube sheltering ban by je- buying cheap penny travel tickets and then just refusing to leave. And cheap disguises. Well, like moustaches and things. Yeah. It's a good idea. And wigs. And wigs. What, like uh, curly wigs and things? Yeah, and superhero costumes. <laughs> in 1940. <laughs> yeah. I am Batman. Well, Batman was around in 1940, you're quite right. And I am also Batman. We've got a lot of Batmans today. <laughs> Superman was around in 1940. We've only got three Batmans <laughs> and two Supermans. I, I think that was it, really. Captain America was here. He must have been around in 1940 because he fought during the war. But he was frozen then. Trains actually carried refreshments to to people at night to feed people at night as well. And in the and in the London Underground, there were weapon munitions made by 17,000 women who were employed there. Underground factories and during the war years, troop movements were discussed in war cabinet in the tunnel before the war rooms were built. So as you can see, it was very important during World War Two. Indeed. Unfortunately, at Bank Station, a bomb exploded, killing 56 people, and another bomb resulted in the drowning of 68 people. There was also a false air raid, and a mother and child fell down the escalator, and in the ensuing crash, nearly 200 people were killed. And the details of this that particular uh, event were kept secret for, for a few years. It wasn't. And we're on the depress- depressing subject. We weren't. Around 50 passengers a year at the moment commit suicide on the London Underground. I'm assuming that when they got on, they weren't considering this. <laughs> well, it was just because the train yes. was late. Yes. And the space below tube tracks are colloquially known as suicide pits, as they help reduce the chance of death or serious injury should, should someone wish to jump in front of the train. It's Could actually London Underground. It's, it's actually the the uh, the the most popular place to commit suicide in the UK. But why would you call it a suicide pit if it's actually a bad place to commit suicide? Well, people think it's a good place, yeah. and then they jump in, and then they're, oh, and they go, oh, oh you I've been foiled. Literally foiled. Um, so then after the war, after the war now, we're in the 1950s. Uh, new trains were leaded, and they were lighter, and they were al- aluminium, not aluminium, aluminium. Mm-hmm. And they weren't painted, unlike steel, which had to be painted. Aluminium, you can get away with no painting. Mm-hmm. And they, that, that was fine until the 1980s when graffiti came around and they were, they were painted again. Yeah. <laughs> 1980s ruined everything. Uh, automated trains mm-hmm. opened in the Victoria Line and updated continually up to today. Uh, and then there was non smoking after 1987 and there was a fire at King's Cross. Currently, of million of a million people travelling to London to work, forty two percent use the tube for all or part of their journey. Yeah, I I can see why it is a big part of London life using the tube. Yeah. It's quite easy to use as well. It is, yeah. Especially once you get the hang of it, anyway. Yeah. But the map is just very easy because you just mm. see where you need to get off to get on somewhere else or whatever. Mm. And during twenty eleven twelve uh, London Underground carried a record number of passengers with 1.171 billion journeys made. This was more than the previous year. And uh, it got and the tube got the nickname the tube after the circle line was called Two Penny Tube many years ago. Mm. And you can thank the Daily Mail for that. Or, or preferably don't thank mm. them for anything. <coughs> and a Doctor mm. Who connection now. Mm. Ready? The TARDIS 
uh, can be found outside Earl's Court Station if you look hard enough. That's also the can. one that's on Google Maps that you can actually go into on Street View or whatever mm. and end up actually in the TARDIS. Unfortunately, you can't like travel around the TARDIS infinitely. No, <laughs> so, one question though, though. Okay. You've talked about the London Underground, but you've not once mentioned Cock Foster's. What? It's one of the stations on Underground. Cock Foster's. I'm glad you mentioned that. That name again. Yeah. <laughs> it is always an an unending source of amusement when travelling on the tube. Amusement. I am twelve. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever got off at Cock Foster's? No, I've always got off before then. I don't doubt it. Super twist. Super twist.